Hello, I'm Robert Hoffman. And I'm Chris Panico. And this is another episode of No Nonsense Storytime, a podcast where we take children's stories and we cut out all the nonsense and tell you what's really going on. That's right. Yep, and today we are going to be doing The Gruffalo by Julia Donaldson. Great book. Yep. Great book. Now, if you listen to our last episode, you might remember that we said we are going to do The Cat in the Hat by Dr. Seuss. We did, in fact, record an episode of The Cat in the Hat, and by the end of it, it got a little too weird. It was weird. It was dark. We cried. We cried. Uh-huh. And uh, we we didn't want to impose that yeah. on you. You don't have to. We don't want you to listen to us crying. It's not thirty minutes funny. No. And and like you can hear how ugly it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. We cry you ugly. Can, yeah. You can listen to the crying, and you you have just a good image of what our faces look like, and it looks really bad. Yeah. Bobby <laughs> does this thing where his cheeks like contort into his yeah, eyes. Yeah, they go into my eyes, and my, and they get all puffy. I, I can't see anything because the tears and also because my eyes are closed from the puffed up cheeks. Yeah. They swell. They swell up. It's like, they swell like for sure. sad balloons. It's <laughs> sad balloons. Anyway, uh, so back to this episode, the Gruffalo. Julia Donaldson. Julia Donaldson, the author of the Gruffalo. Let me tell you a fact about Julia Donaldson, Chris. And I think this is one you're going to actually like a lot. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, before she wrote children's books, she wrote children's songs. Whoa! Yeah, that's so, so yeah, cool. for the listeners, Chris and I, uh, we work at a preschool together, and uh, we we write children's songs. Maybe we should write children's books. Maybe we should. We could be as famous as Julie. Yeah, Julia Julie, Julia Donaldson. Julia Donaldson. Yeah, yeah, uh, that one. Yep. So she wrote children's songs, and then and then one of her songs was then turned into a book, and then I guess she just sort of uh, switched over, and. And started doing books. And, mm-hmm. you know, it took her place. She's very famous for that now. Yeah. Good for her. All right. Let's get on with the episode. Chris is going to uh, give you a summary. A summary of the Gruffalo. Go ahead. Yeah. So the Gruffalo opens in the middle of a forest. And there's a tiny mouse. And he is walking along, getting ready to have a nice, wonderful day. And he meets a fox. The fox wants to eat him. So he tells the fox that, ah, oh, there's a Gruffalo coming by and he's going to eat fox. This happens again with an owl and a snake, and that might be it. And then eventually, he's walking around, and boom! The Gruffalo that he invented in his own mind shows up, and he has to try and convince the Gruffalo not to eat him. I won't spoil the ending, in case you haven't read it. But that's the gist of it. <laughs> Is that, that should definitely be our thing, we don't spoil the end. Well, we gotta, I mean, we gotta talk about the ending. I suppose we do, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. We'll get there. You can stop now. If you don't want to hear the ending of The Gruffalo, you can stop now, but we'll get to it by the end of this podcast. Yeah, definitely. So pause, read The Gruffalo, play. Yeah. All right, so let me me tell the moral of The Gruffalo. All right. There's actually two. I've got two. So number one, uh, don't make stuff up. You know, don't make, don't make, don't make up lies because you're going to have to deal with the consequences of those lies. Oh, yeah, yeah, like them manifesting yeah. in well, physical yeah. form. That, sometimes that happens. <laughs> Literal and physical yeah. form. Sometimes. Uh, and number two, just because something is bigger and stronger than you doesn't mean you can't face it by being smarter. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yep. And as someone who's not big at all. Yeah. I we're dig strong. that one. Yeah. Yeah. We're smart. All we're right. not strong yet. We're going to I started going to the gym, Bobby. Oh, that's true. Chris. I literally was just there. I came 
to Chris's house today before we started filming, and he was drinking pea protein and hating it. <laughs> it's real gross. <laughs> it's real gross. Uh, um. Anyway, I like that moral. I dig it. Thank you. Now let's talk about where this yeah. book takes place. The setting of the growth flow. Now, I'm really into finding out where these books takes place, Bobby. So I did some research. All right. All right. And what I did was I looked at all of the animals. Okay. And I tried to narrow down, you know, where do these animals live. Sure. Well, now, we got a mouse, we got a snake, we got an owl, we got a fox. Right. Now, a lot of them exist on every continent except in Antarctica. So right. foxes are like that. Um, owls are like that. Mice, I believe, are also the same. Snakes are a little, little more restricted. Not much. The only places where we don't find snakes are... Antarctica, Iceland, Ireland, Greenland, and New Zealand. Wow. So it narrows our options a little bit. Yeah. Not a lot, but, but a, a little a, bit. But, you know, enough to cut out New Zealand. Yeah, which is... Where the Gruffalo would probably live. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's where the Lord of the Rings was. Probably a Gruffalo yeah. there somewhere. Um, so knowing that that wasn't enough information, here's what I did. I started looking at the specific types of animals that were in there. Like, Genius. The colors. Yeah, so yep. it's a red fox. Okay. Pretty clearly. There are lots of different kinds of foxes. This is clearly a red fox. Now, red foxes only live on the northern hemisphere of the planet. Okay. So everything below the equator, gone. Great. We also know that because there's a snake in it, it can't. It's not very likely to be in the British Isles anywhere. All right, okay. Um, like, it could possibly be in England, but yep. it feels unlikely. We also have the owl. Right. Now, I looked at the owl. I tried to compare it to as many different pictures of owls as possible. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of owls that look distinctly different. Like screech owls, for example. They don't have the coloring around their eyes that the owl in this book does. Okay. He's got, like, orange around his eyes, and they're... Are a very like a very few owls that have like that specific. Trait. So what owl do you believe this owl is? So I'm not an owl professional, obviously. Yeah, an I, owler. I'm not an owl. What it is? One who owls. <laughs> um, the three that looked the most likely to me were the the western screech owl, okay, the northern hawk owl, and then. I can't read my handwriting here, but it's like the northern saw wet or something like that. The saw wet. The northern saw wet. That's probably it. I think I can read my handwriting when I write it, but I can't. Either way, Continue. Those, those three looked very promising. There are a lot that have like, um, like very prominent ears, which this okay. one doesn't. It has a round head, which is not as common from what I was looking at. So, so where does this put us? Where are we in the world? Um, North America. North America. Seems most likely. Mm. Um, specifically, like, the northwestern USA or Canada. Which is interesting, because that's that's, that's where I thought we were so, with the, the wild things. What oh. I'm, <laughs> so, what I'm curious about... these all take place in the same universe. Is did we have to go through the taxonomy of owls, the history of owl taxonomy, to say this book takes place... Where we live, do we I mean, need that? If you want to be sure, uh, I guess so. Are I you so. are you sad that you it's know science. some more specifics about owls? 
just they turn their heads really far. It's pretty creepy. So yeah, I feel like the northwestern USA or Canada is where we are in this book. Excellent. Let's get into the plot. Right. Or more specifically, the questions and hopefully answers we have about the plot. Let's cut this nonsense. Let's cut it out. Lay it on me, Bobby. You want me to start? I would love it if you started. Alright. Um, so the first thing we gotta talk about, and really the main thing we gotta talk about in this story, the really... So when we started this podcast, we, we pretty much said, if they're talking animals, we're gonna let that go. Yeah. We'll just say animals can talk to each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? Like... That, you you it, need to be able to yeah. suspend that. Yeah, we're not we're not, we're not going to nitpick talking animals. Right, animals then, can communicate. It, it's like if they if you write, read a book and it's it takes place in France and you're reading in English. It's like that. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to forget about that. The one big thing in this book that is clearly nonsense that we got to figure out is the gruffalo. Indeed. Yep. So uh, let's talk about it. What um, observations have you made about the Gruffalo? Outside of just its description in the book. It's got knobbly knees, tails, and all that stuff. So, the Gruffalo is not a creature that we have documented as humans, right? Correct. So, my first thought about that was that just because we haven't seen it or documented it or studied it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That's true. It it could exist. We find a new species all the time. Not usually gruffalo-sized. Right. But could it be. Could, exist. could be. It could be and very cute. It is in northwestern America, possibly Canada. It seems like a very likely candidate for a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Okay. Some might know them. However, right. However, while I'm very open to the idea that it is just an undiscovered creature. I also thought, what else could it be? Well, it could be an alien. Okay. That seems unlikely to me, though. It does. Because, I mean, my reasoning was that if it was an alien that came from somewhere else, it is very unlikely that it would survive, like, the bacteria of Earth. Yeah, yeah, and then it's, it's just suddenly made for our planet. That's true. And it, it has... um features that are in line with what we see here Mm -hmm. Um, it has a face that's shaped the way that our creatures faces are yeah that's true i wouldn't i wouldn't pin it as an alien at least not as the most likely answer right um it could possibly be a cross-bred animal with like different things i don't know maybe like a bear and some other crazy kinds of creatures it has it's got a lot going on though right Seems unlikely there, too. Yeah, and also, you know, crossbreeding only works with, you know, very right. small. Right, that's amount, a good point. Species. That's a very good point. I didn't consider that. Yeah. Um, so, my biggest candidate is that it's just an undiscovered creature. Mm-hmm. I have a big um, caveat to that. I want to hear what you think first. Though. Sure. I'll, I'll, ex- I'll expand a little bit. And in doing that, I have to bring up our main character, the mouse. Mm -hmm. Because another big piece of nonsense here is that the mouse, before he sees the Gruffalo, is talking about the Gruffalo. Correct. And that, you know, it would be one thing if he said, oh, look out, fox, look out, owl, 
look out snake there is a creature that has these all these crazy features and it's gonna eat you you know mm-hmm. and then he just happens to run into a creature that has those features is you know it's a bu- it's a lot of features and it's very specific but it's not completely unbelievable that he would happen to say the features that happen to be on this creature that he's going to discover. Right. But here's the problem with that. The Gruffalo is named the Gruffalo. And he knows that. He knows the Gruffalo's name before he meets it. Then, later, at the end of the story, what does the mouse say as his favorite food? Gruffalo crumble. Gruffalo crumble. And how does the Gruffalo react to that? Very upset. He's scared. If the Gruffalo was not called the Gruffalo and didn't know himself as the Gruffalo, he would not have been scared by the phrase Gruffalo Crumble. No, that means not. not only did the mouse guess these features, he guessed the name of a creature he had never seen before. Right. Which to me means he has seen the Gruffalo before. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. My first thought when I was like, when I had accepted that it must be this creature that we just don't know, um, was that the mouse knows it. The mouse alone knows this creature. That's pretty unlikely from the from the get-go. Right. But plausible. We could get behind that. Well, tell me the problem. The problem is the mouse doesn't believe that it's real. Mm-hmm. After every interaction, he's like, Oh, silly old, old fox. Doesn't he know that there's no such thing as a gruffalo? Right. He doesn't believe that this thing exists. He doesn't. He's talking to himself, so you know he's being honest. But I thought of that too, Chris. And mm-hmm. uh, I do have a theory of what's going on there. Why the mouse does not consciously know about the gruffalo. But suppressed does memories? Subconsciously know. Suppressed memories. You're hitting it. Not suppressed, but um, wiped memories. Wiped memories. By the government. By the government. <laughs> yes. All right. Do you want me to do you Walk want to expand? me through it and like... Sure. Make sure that it's not any nonsense. I'll please. do my best. Yes. All right. So, this is what happened. This is how the Gruffalo was created. Okay. The Gruffalo was created in a laboratory. <laughs> okay? <laughs> not from scratch, but... But to scratch? Not to scratch. <laughs> From a creature that does scratch, a cat. You're thinking, what? Gruffalo doesn't look anything like a cat. Not much. You're right. It's a heavily experimented upon cat. The reason I think it's a cat is because at the moment when the Gruffalo meets the mouse, the Gruffalo says, my favorite food about the mouse. So, if the Gruffalo was created from some kind of creature and has the brain of that creature, possibly from a number of creatures, you know, all put together. But the brain, the operating brain in this Gruffalo, comes from something whose favorite food is a mouse. So my best guess is a cat. It could be a snake, it could be a fox, it could be an owl, something like that. My best guess is a cat. Doesn't matter. That part's not important. Anyway. (laughs) That's the best idea ever. So, the Gruffalo was made in a laboratory, okay? And when it came to be... You know, something went horribly wrong. The Gruffalo escaped, whatever. Um, And the mouse was there. He saw this happen. The mouse was in the laboratory, as mice often are. Um, And they had to wipe his memory. But he kept the the subconscious idea of the Gruffalo, Mm -hmm. you know, just 
so so what they do in the memory wipe is they take they take um his his experiential recollection of having interacted with the gruffalo away but they mm-hmm. can't take away the notion of the gruffalo you, mm-hmm. you know it's sort of like how you have a notion of a unicorn you know what a unicorn looks like but you've never met a unicorn it's sort of like that that's what you're left with is this fantasy of the gruffalo uh-huh yeah wow that's my best guess okay yeah that's really good yeah that's really good i have like a couple like tiny holes please to poke do into please. It. so the big thing to me that you mentioned it's not even that big of a thing but so you talked about how that mouse interacted with him in this government testing laboratory yeah also i like how i said the government yeah there's just one government the government could yeah. be it could be like a like a 1984 kind of situation yeah although i guess that's not a world government that's true. But... We're, yeah we're, we're talking about also is this present day doesn't matter not important there's no proof it's, it's present day yeah it's a government we don't know which government right you know some sort of government that has the technological capability it, it could be a private organization as well i just sure let's call it the government yeah you know for the time being yeah um so the thing about it is that in testing labs they almost ex- or maybe they do exclusively use white mice, like a very specific type of oh, white man. mouse. Mm-hmm. I learned this while I was researching the different types right. of animals. Um, and the mouse in the Gruffalo is a brown mouse, probably a field mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tons and tons of different kinds of mice. It's not to say that he couldn't have been in a laboratory. It's not impossible. Mm-hmm. But, it's but unlikely yeah, it's unlikely because... They they use white mice because of how uniform their 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 like genetics and everything right. are. Um, I'm not gonna say that that destroys that idea. Let me tell you, it, it does. doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. You know why? Why? Because this mouse was not a lab mouse. It was not there for testing. Okay. It was there to test. Oh, who, who would want to take a cat and transform it into something else? Something perhaps that doesn't eat mice. A mouse. a mouse that's a mouse, a mouse okay but but then he would have to have the sentience and then the ability to 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 manipulate laboratory right, right. equipment i was just trying to, I was just, I just wanted my idea to be right be if it right. wasn't no nonsense story time yeah. i would have gone with it yeah. and i do i think well, your idea i think your idea yeah. is right i just think the connection between the mouse okay. yeah but is, the, yeah, the mouse has to know something right the mouse has to know him somehow mm-hmm. is that um, the only plot hole you wanted to point out that, that actually, that it was, and I don't think it's even a plot hole. I think mm. it's like something that we can figure. Sure, I'm sure there's some other way that he knew what it was. Hmm. You maybe, know? maybe this mouse was not there for testing, but was there to feed the gruffalo. Oh, it was food. Yeah, and so the mouse escaped at the same time the gruffalo escaped. Perhaps it was in some sort of you know, glass enclosure, and the Gruffalo broke out, mm-hmm. and at that moment, the mouse also broke out. Yeah. And they were able to capture the mouse, but not the Gruffalo. The Gruffalo made its way out, so they captured the mouse, and they thought, well, we can't use this mouse to experiment. It's not a white mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, It's not. you know, one of our carefully, you know, bred ma- mice that we can use for an experiment. Might sure. as well let it go. We're not awful people, even though we kept this Gruffalo captured and uh you know experiment we're, we're not, not monsters yeah, yeah we're not monsters <laughs> we'll, we'll let this mouse go so they uh wiped its memory and sent it on its way i like that yeah i'm down with that what are you thinking 
I'm thinking, so all of that tracks. I think that's all cool. I, there's two things I want to know. The big question. I have a big question and a small question. Yeah. The big question is, why was the Gruffalo being made by the government? Yeah. Right? That is a What's big the question. purpose? Mm-hmm. My other question, and this comes from an observation, all of these animals know what cooking is. They understand what cooking is. That's true. <laughs> they know what Gruffalo crumble is. They They're, know what yeah. owl ice cream is. Mm-hmm. They know what roasted fox is. They're very well-versed in human foods. How do they know? I have an idea. Maybe they were all experimented on in this nearby oh, governmental yeah, facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, To learn how to cook? Maybe. I don't know why. Yeah, that's that's bizarre to me. Right? I don't know what the benefit of it would be. Yeah, I don't. I think we don't have enough to latch onto that they would be being taught how to cook, or or maybe they just learned. You, we know that and vocabulary. Yeah, somehow they are coming into contact with these human foods, which right. could just mean that they're around humans a lot. That's. I think that that makes a lot more sense. Right. Which they must be because they're not that yeah. far from this. Yeah. Facility. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or maybe they're all in the facility. Oh, the whole <laughs> the whole story. thing is a controlled environment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good because this mouse keeps running into you know the same situation over and over. Right. Again. Oh my god. And their names are not like Fox, like a Fox. It's Fox with yeah. a capital F. Right. His name. Is fox. That's true. It's because he's the only fox there. The only fox. And owl is the only owl. Yes, and they know each other's names. Yeah, they all interact. You know, right? This is a closed community. Yeah, where they're having like a sample size of this forest, but only with one, maybe two. From what mm-hmm. we can see, only one of each animal. Right. Okay. And that's where the gruffalo comes in. That's why they made the gruffalo. They want to introduce this new species into an environment, so they're testing out what how it behaves around all these different animals. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to, I mean... So he didn't escape. Right. He's in there this controlled go. environment. Right. That makes more sense, because how would he escape? Right. The problem with that, though, is that these animals don't know what it is. No, I mean, it, no, I, I don't think that's a problem at all. And in fact, it goes on to explain why the mouse knows the idea of the Gruffalo but doesn't believe in it is that they're wiping this mouse's memory every day and the residual Gruffalo-ness is Mm -hmm. sticking with them. Right, and the other animals might just not have as strong of a memory. Right. And maybe they, I mean, they have it a little bit too because they're afraid of the Gruffalo. Right. They're willing to believe in it. It doesn't sound far-fetched. Maybe the first time they did the experiment, they were like, this thing is a Gruffalo. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then the Gruffalo comes along, and things probably went a little differently. My guess is they just sort of stop the experiment whenever something's about to get eaten, mm-hmm. or they replace whatever, you know. Right. Either way, they're they're finding a way to do the same experiment over and over again to find out how to get different results. Okay. Okay, this is good. This yeah. is all, like, on the up and up. But why... Are they experimenting on this cat and making it a Gruffalo? That's true. That's a good point. Why? What is the purpose? Um, so we know that... they want. Yeah, they want to introduce it in the environment. We don't know exactly why. Do you think maybe 
it's like a population control solution. Yeah, that makes that's probably our best, most scientific, no nonsense guess, because they're trying to right. Like maybe. So I think for a while wolves were in not endangered but in decline. Yeah. Or something. So maybe this is like a near future event where like the wolves in this area of the country are wiped out or endangered and not able to control certain populations. So they're trying to breed an animal to, to do that perfectly. Yeah, that makes sense. And they take a cat because there's so many cats. There are so many cats. Because, you know, people are irresponsible with their pets, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many cats. So they're going to take these cats, make them into gruffalos. Yeah. To replace the wolf population. Do you think it could be a... Do you think it's a house cat or maybe like a, a large cat? Like it's... a more predatory It doesn't cat. even... It's not even necessarily a cat. It's something that likes to eat mice. That mice is... A mouse would be the gruffalo's favorite. Right. There's definitely like an, like a lot of these animals that prey upon others mm-hmm. fall into that category. Yeah. Coyotes. Yep. All kinds of bobcats. Yeah. It could, it could really be anything. It could be a number of things all put together. With science juice. <laughs> science juice, I so, like that. Something <laughs> I assume is real. I've never really worked in a lab before. I just... I've definitely heard of science juice mm-hmm. before. <laughs> yep. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Bill and I, the science ju- Oh, the, the science guy. Science juice? Yeah, not science juice. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, we know why the Gruffalo's there. Why they don't remember him. Where it is. Yeah. Um... And why the Gruffalo was made. Yeah. I think, I think we've got all the nonsense. I think we've got it. I mean, all the no-nonsense. There's no right. absolutely zero nonsense. Zero nonsense left. Now that we've done that, what's next on the on the docket? It's a well, docket. We, need a, we need to come up with a, a new moral now that we understand this. Okay. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is don't kill the wolves. Yes. Right. Right. If we let... Yeah. If we let that happen... This is our future. Yeah, Gruffalos. Gruffalos. As far as the eye can see. Right. I think the author purposefully made the Gruffalo as scary to humans as possible, so we would be afraid yeah. to let the wolves die. Cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. Would you rather deal with wolves or Gruffalo? Right. Wolves is the answer. Definitely wolves. Yeah. Wolves are also cooler. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. their eyes and stuff. Yeah. all right (laughs) what Um, that's that's my moral i don't know if you if you have like something else that might be a little more uh profound than that yes yes uh naturally one more i think that is the main thing i think also we should include the fact that science um is very powerful but people do not always know everything that's going on with what you know what they're doing. You know the mm-hmm. you know the result. Like you you do these experiments, whatever, and you think you're coming, you're finding these results, but they don't know that the mouse is having this residual you know gruffalo effect in the brain when they're wiping its memory. Mm-hmm. So they think they're probably figuring out what plants to add to the environment so that the you know nothing gets eaten that shouldn't be or whatever. Yeah. You know, when really it's this unexpected um, variable going on. Mm-hmm. So it's it's also a cautionary tale about, um, I don't know, making making assumptions about your own knowledge. Yeah. 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 
Good. I think we I think we did it. We did it. We, we got it, it done. Well done. Well done. Easy. Thanks for listening to No Nonsense Storytime. This has been Chris Panico. And this has been Robert Hoffman. Next week, tune in to hear our breakdown of Goodnight Moon by Margaret Wise Brown. Love Goodnight Moon. It's great. All right. See ya. Bye.